Welcome to It's Better Here, the official podcast of the Producers Co-op. Whether you are out in the yard, the field, the pasture, or the barn, we have everything you need. It's Better Here. Welcome to the show. Here we are, episode 11, Mandy Joe. Can't believe it. Next month, it'll be a whole year on the air. Pretty cool, isn't it? It's flown by. I think we're starting to get the hang of this, finally. I think so, too. Hey, wrapped up a cool month, uh, dog days of summer. Pretty cool stuff going on over the co-op. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're about halfway through the dog days. We've still got discounts going on, our dog training class. Those guys are getting all taught up with a couple of cute puppies in there learning their ropes. So. Come see us and get those last couple discounts. That's right. I mean, you can go to the big box stores, but you're not going to get the personal service. And a lot of cool stuff for pets over at the co-op. And I tell people that all the time. So hopefully I'm referring some good business to <laughs> the co-op. Uh, one of my earliest childhood memories, I'm talking when we first moved to Woodlake out in Northeast Bear County. My brother and I were out in the yard. This is before video games, computers, cell phones, and social media. And these things are floating out of the sky. We didn't know what they were. And we would go out there and try to catch them. Of course, this lasted for about a week until we realized they, they stopped after a while. It was harvest. It was obviously somebody was harvesting the corn. And that's where we are today. We're, we're joined today by the GM of the club, Brad Riley. It's good to have you back. Yeah, glad to be here. And uh, it would be an understatement to say this is a busy time of the year for you, isn't it? Absolutely. It is by far one of the busiest times. <laughs> when, uh, when I was telling Manny Joe on the drive over here, I can't think of anything that's not made with corn. I mean, it is an amazing product. It is an amazing crop. But for somebody like me that drives down the road, Mandy Joe had to tell me, yeah, the corn has to die before you can harvest it. I always saw those fields and thought, oh, no, the farmer lost all of his, all of his harvest because it didn't rain. But for people that don't know and they see those, what looks like dead fields of corn, the amber waves of grain, there's a lot of value in that, isn't there? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that, uh, that corn that sits out there, and, and the plant basically dies, we'd like that grain to dry down to a moisture content of under uh, 15% at least, which is a little bit different than uh, the northern part of the state or even the rest of the country where those guys utilize grain at a much higher moisture content and then harvest it, dry it down, but we like it to be 15% or under, so basically dead and dry. Yeah, so you know, you have no control as a farmer over what happened to your corn crop that year, like Jason said. So tell us a little bit about what happened this year and how that's going to affect our corn crop. Yeah, so we were blessed early on in the spring with uh, amazingly cool temperatures. And a lot of rain, frequent, you said. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which is why you're on the show right yeah. now. <laughs> frequent rains, and uh, so all of that led to uh, a great start to planting season, to crops taking off and growing. Uh, we were headed towards the absolute best yields that we've probably ever seen here, ever, until it did turn off absolutely hot and dry. So uh, the crops are still wonderful. Yields are still great. Um, we've just come into the time of year where it is absolutely hot and dry and things are just changing quickly. It is hot and dry. In fact, we had to turn the air conditioner off to do the show and it's already getting a little warm <laughs> yeah. in here. Uh, again, for a person like myself who buys the food rather than growing the food, like I said, you see those, now that I know those crops aren't dead, what are they used for? When you process it here at the mill, I mean, I'm looking out and I'm just seeing stacks and stacks of deer corn and I see a sport mix energy plus. That sport mix is not for me though, is it? No, that would be for Buddy. <laughs> but, but believe it or not, some of the, even like that sport mix uh, has a certain level of corn in it, uh, dog food. So really almost every ration that we make here 
utilizes corn. It is our number one ingredient by far. We uh, use corn in really three or four different forms between flaking it, rolling it, grinding it, and then just cleaning it for, for whole corn. So it is our number one ingredient by far. And we're not talking about pounds, we're talking about tons. Oh, huge amount of tons. Huge. Uh, to this date already, um, we've filled one bin here at the mill and that thing holds 5.6 million pounds. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so outside of even, you know, not being able to predict the weather, you know, farmers are also playing against the market that's constantly changing and that's, you know, several things affect that. Midwest corn, um, anything ho happening overseas, what is the market looking like? Yeah, so the market's been somewhat steady, but I would say very unstable in comparison to uh, all the previous years at this time. So, yeah, a couple of factors that you mentioned. Number one is Midwest weather. Anytime there's a good forecast for rain and cool temperatures, the market drops. And anytime there's a forecast for heat and dry, the market increases. And then our good buddy uh, Putin over in Russia and all <laughs> of his news uh, definitely affects the market one way or another. So it has been pretty volatile here in the past two weeks. I look at the fields, and of course, like I said, now that I know they're not dead, it fascinates me even more because I don't think it's rained here since certainly before the 4th of July, and here we are, you know, three or four weeks in. So it must be a very durable crop. How do they keep the corn going when the drought has been so extreme as it's been in the past month or so. Yeah, so corn is somewhat durable, not as durable as, and, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the grain sorghum or milo is what we call we were it. We just it's talking the, about The it. red tops are yep. out there. So that, that crop is built for um, a drought type situation. So the corn though, we were lucky enough to get far enough into June with some moisture and let it die. It, it could have died a more natural slow death and it, it did a little quicker and so we lost some yield and some pounds, but it's still there was enough out there to, to really have an exceptional crop. Finally, when when I when I was talking to Mandy Joe, like I said on the drive over here, it's like go to H E B, find something that doesn't have corn in it, whether it's corn syrup. It it's every part of it is used to some extent, isn't it? Tell us about that. Because here at the mill, you really take it from the field and make it a marketable commodity. Tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, correct. So um, we basically take the corn in, and like I said, there's four different processes that we use uh, to change the corn and manipulate it to make an, an end product for the user. We might uh, grind it, run it through a hammer mill, and that makes uh, lends itself towards uh, like uh, swine feeds or ground corn that gets more into the horticulture side or the lawn and garden side of things. Um, we crack or roll corn, uh, and that mainly goes into uh, cattle and sheep and goat diets. We steam flake corn, that's same same thing, uh, cattle, sheep and goat diets. And then uh, we also just run it through our cleaner. We have a big fancy cleaner that triple cleans the corn, and that's what we use for deer corn, which is so popular here in Texas with the deer hunters. Yes, it is. I was going to say, I was looking at all that deer corn. Oh, so poor deer thinks he's getting a free meal, and then... <laughs> well, it's like we always talk about, Jason, you know, how these farmers and rangers and things, you know, you don't just get your steak from HEB. It comes from somewhere, and you pass all this corn out in the field and the next thing you know it comes to the co-op it's put into a feed it goes into a cattle or a sheep or whatever and then you know a couple months down the road it's at HEB so field of plate is what we like to call it that is exactly what it is now listen last time you were on the show Brad it rained like smoke in oakum it was not some Presbyterian rain it was a genuine Baptist again. downpour so <laughs> if it rains 
after this show, you realize they'll probably demand that you be the guest forever <laughs> until the winter time. <laughs> that would be great. Well, we're live from the mill. Brad Riley, our GM, joining us today. Thank you so very much. I know it's a busy time of the year for you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Before Mandy, Joe, and I wrap it up, we want to remind you, come visit us at the store. Visit us online. Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Whether it's planting time or harvest time, it's better here. All right, next month, a little celebration. I'm not going to make a big deal out of maybe two or three years, but one year is special. I mean, that's special. And, you know, it's like you celebrate your first birthday and it's kind of a big deal, but it has been a big deal. I'm going to use the occasion of next month's show to tell a true story about why I'm so passionate about this. I've been very fortunate in my life. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, church on Sunday. That's a great way to grow up, not having insecurity about food. But uh, when I was very young, witnessed something that is always... I mean, if I won the lottery today, if I won Powerball last night, I would have still done the show. <laughs> but I would, have, I would have given a lot of that money to the food bank and stuff like that. As, as I mentioned in the last show that we did, it's, it's not political. You have to eat. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what you think or who you vote for. At some point in the next 10 days, you're going to need to eat. And I like the way you put it. Feel the plate? Right, yeah. I mean, it's an easy thing to be passionate about. I mean, you wake up every day, and it's not every day is easy, but it's fulfilling. So... That's why they do it. I was also amazed. I keep talking about the smarts and the science that goes into this. For somebody like me who doesn't know and has always wondered, when you drive by a field of corn, they are perfectly spaced. Some people don't know that that's how television was invented, driving through the, the rows of the, of the crops. That's done to facilitate the harvest, isn't it? Right, there's a lot of technology involved now that there wasn't even five or ten years ago. Um, it makes things significantly more efficient. Um, agriculture is always finding ways to be more efficient, um, lower input, so we can um, raise better crops and better cattle with less input more efficiently, so to keep that cost down for consumers at the end. Yeah, when he said, I think, $150 million. That's right. That's or 15, it. Yeah, that's and that's just what's in there right now. That right. is fascinating. And we've done that in about 10 days. Holy cow! That is <laughs> like I said, it's volumes that you're just not accustomed to if you're not part of this thing. Exactly. My name is Jason Dyes. Her name is Mandy Joe. And until next episode, we'll talk to you soon. Down by the